Uh, today's scripture comes from Matthew 15, 21 to 28. Jesus left that place and went away to the district of Tyre and Sidon. Just then, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and started shouting, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon. But he did not answer her at all. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she keeps shouting after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. He answered, It is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. She said, Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, Woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed instantly. Word of God for the people of God. Morning. I'm not Juan Pablo. <laughs> I know you guys all miss your uh, side pastor Juan Pablo. Um, you know, here at Urban Bible Church, we have a preaching rotations. The purpose is everybody needs to hear different voices sometimes, right? So we try to practice it every month. So your beloved side pastor Juan Pablo is at West at this moment. I'm sir. My name is Chan Choi, by the way. My parents are him, his. I'm serving Urban Village Church Edgewater as a site pastor. So, you know what? It's my first time to visit here at uh, Shopping Theater. This is so beautiful and awesome place, and including you all. All right? Amen? Yeah. All right. So, I always by shouting out this very specific and praise. God is good and all the time. All right? It's a reminder who God is and at the same time who we are. You ready? All right, let's try. God is good. All the time. All the time. God is good. We are also good. All right. Come on, people. <laughs> I know some of you have already been uh, with me, so I think it's not a new thing. I intentionally added this part, we are also good. How and why? Because Jesus Christ died for us. Through his sacrifice, we are called as you're good. Let me try it one more time. God is good. All the time. All the time. God is good. We are also good. good. Awesome. So, begin today's message by uh, this picture. We have a picture here. All right, awesome. So, here is a word crowd of the words to describe someone. So this is just for your reference. So, but let's think about one word to describe yourself or someone next to you if you know that person well, all right? Just think about it. One word to describe yourself or someone next to you. So I asked for the same questions to my wife, Yang, who is a better behalf and better half. And she, she just had a 
five to 10 minutes to think about the questions. And she said, Chan, you are creative. This is great, but actually I wanted to hear you're sweet or kind or perfect or awesome, but creative, but it's okay. So let me ask the same question to Kevin. All right, Kevin, how are you gonna describe Oscar? Uh, informative. Informative. Are you sure that's a perfect word to describe? <laughs> It's okay, okay. <laughs> All right, let me ask the same question to you, Oscar. Kevin is? Compassion. Compassion. Oh, that's so lovely. All right. We can imagine what's going to happen after this worship service. <laughs> then this time, let's think about the word to describe Jesus. Jesus is. And please speak up. Jesus is love. I like it. Jesus is grace. grace. Wow, what a beautiful word. And we can find many stories to support these images and characters of Jesus from the Bible. Then, have you ever faced the stories that confuse you whether this Jesus is the same one that you know? All right, for me, the key word of Jesus is Jesus is love. I like it. Jesus' love. Because we have seen his unconditional love and grace for everyone, right? However, Jesus whom we will meet through today's passage will be quite different from this descriptions of Jesus' love. Rather, we may find Jesus who is insensitive, intolerant, and discriminatory. We may be in a hurry to cancel or unfriend Jesus right away without any chance to dig up the lessons and purpose and intention. And that's the reason why we have this sermon series, Jesus Said What? It's time to raise our questions to Jesus who actually said these hard sayings to know who Jesus is to me and to us. And it could help you to see yourself during this Lenten season in front of the cross, at the empty tomb, and your lifelong journey. Amen? All right, before jumping into the message today, I do like to highlight some important uh, background information. The very first information of today's passage is about the location and the district of Tyre and Sidon. Here is a see the yellow is kind of our land of Israel and uh, Tyre and Sidon is very northern part. It's not the, uh, uh, in general, in, 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 in traditionally, it's considered as a traditional enemy cities of Israel. We should remember that for Jesus and his disciples, Galilee was the main mission field where they delivered the message of uh, repentance and the kingdom of God and heal the sick. But these two cities totally out of their main mission field. And there's a very specific reason why they visited these cities. As we read through it, it wasn't for the mission to the Gentile, rather it was taking a rest 
from the threat of Pharisees and other crowd. This could help us to understand the attitude of Jesus from today's passage. And it was not the mission field of Jesus yet. And he would be in break time after long and tough shift of his, his ministry. And then there was a voice that broke the stillness. Show me mercy, son of David. My daughter is suffering terribly from demon projections, and I'm pretty sure that it could be much louder and sounds desperate. I know we have many actors and actresses here, but let me try it. So we may need to lower our volume. I'm gonna act. I'm a little nervous, but let me try. All right, amen, amen. Jesus, Jesus, show me your mercy. My daughter, my daughter is dying. I don't know what to do, but you're the only one who can save my daughter. My precious daughter, she's dying. I need you. Show me your mercy, son of David. Jesus, Jesus, show me your mercy. I don't know what to do, but you're the only one. Help me. Save my daughter. All right. Please invite me again. I'm going to do better next time. All right? <laughs> There's nothing to identify this woman. In the Bible, she was a Canaanite woman. That's the only identity we can find. And as we know how this identity was crucial. And are you ready to face the hard sayings of Jesus? All right, let's read it from uh, 15 verse 26. Let's read together. One, two, three. It's so harsh. Jesus said, what? He just used a metaphor of the dog to describe this Canaanite woman who reached out to him to ask for the healing of her precious daughter. You're not the only one who is upset about this hard saying of Jesus. So some commentaries to try to defend, defend Jesus by highlighting the uses of this Greek word, which means little dogs or puppies. And tr they try to offense, uh, reduce the offense in this saying. And how many of you are dog lovers here? All right, that's great. So I, I hope some of you would feel relieved by imagining your loving dog like, Oh, Jesus said, it's not fair to give my food to a dog, but my little puppy, that's so cute, but it's not that bad, right? But it's hard for me because in Korean, depending on how it's used, the word dog could be offensive, degrading, and contemptuous, meaning like the F word. In this case, it's not only a discriminatory word, but also an insult and indignity for this needy and poor woman. In Jesus' time, Jew traditionally viewed the Gentile as unclean sinner, 
and the dog represented an unclean animal. So the Jew would have nothing to do with them and call the Gentile dogs. Even though we try to defend Jesus by reading it through the lens of pet-loving Western culture, it's hard to understand. It's hard to understand this discriminatory Jesus who called the people of Israel children and the Gentile dogs and said nothing to give for the dog. As a preacher, I really want to defend Jesus, but how can I explain his attitude toward this woman? Let's read the passage to show insensitive Jesus. It's from verses 23. Let's read it together. One, two, three. So before these hurtful words were said, Jesus ignored her first. That's very first response to this poor woman. Her cry would be loud, as I did, as the disciples asked for Jesus to care for her. Then Jesus refused. There was second responses to her. Sometimes ignorance and refusal could have been much more hurtful and painful than the word. Then how can I defend this Jesus, this Jesus who is unsympathetic? Then I realize that there is another harsh saying in today's passage. It's from verse 28. Let's read together. She just said, what? Woman, great is your faith. You just compared her dog. Then now you praise and honor her as a one who has great faith? How can we understand this heart saying of Jesus? Then can you imagine who could be the one who opened one's eyes wide with surprise? The woman wouldn't be the one because she had never changed her attitude of asking for healing power from Jesus. It could be his disciples who complained over her desperate crying and used the same offensive language toward her and had been privileged as an insider hold children. Isn't it the perfect twist? And I hope you can recall the words from Jesus to Peter when he saved him from the water. You of little faith, why did you doubt? This could be the real challenge for Jesus' disciples and first reader who lived in that culture. Here is my defense for Jesus. Jesus intentionally used the language and attitude toward a Canaanite woman as his disciples and the Jews had practiced. It was a way to reprove their attitude or rejecting Gentile. It's not for rebuke them, but for inviting them from exclusion 
to inclusion. Jesus would want to teach the radical love of God, which is beyond their ethnicity, their history and culture and perceptions and prejudice. By healing the woman's daughter, Jesus affirmed to her that she is the kingdom of God, where God's will is done, and where God's reign is experienced. Amen? Nothing can prevent us from this love, and Jesus affirmed it by saying, great is your faith. For us, it could be read as the same invitation to inclusion over exclusion. You are no longer called outsider, nor the other, but you belong here by faith in Christ. That's why Jesus called her, your faith is great. Even though our sermon series is about the harsh sayings of Jesus, the true message, the lesson comes from this woman, a Canaanite woman. That's why the passage title is the Canaanite woman's faith. And then what's her faith? How can we define this woman's great faith? I would like to name it as a desperate faith. This woman did anything she could do. From the day from she heard about Jesus who preached the healing and repentance and salvation, she would wait for this moment to reach out to Jesus and shout, show me mercy, son of David. She's been waiting for this moment. She would expect ignorance and rejection from Jesus because of her identity as Gentile. However, it wouldn't stop her because she was desperate. When Jesus said it's not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dog, she would have be, been excited because she found a way to engage in the conversation with Jesus, whether he is gentle and kind or intolerant. Finally, without changing her posture of kneeling before Jesus, she asked for the crumbs, which is which are powerful enough to heal her daughter. How could she keep her faith in Jesus who ignored and rejected her because she knew that Jesus was the only one who could heal and make her daughter better and save her life. Let me share another story about this kind of desperate faith. We can find it from Matthew chapter 9, verses 20 through 21. To end her bleeding, she watches her way to touch Jesus' cloth, and she made well, not by Jesus' magical cloth, but by her faith. It will be easy to get closer to Jesus because there are so many people. Even she was considered as unclean in purity law. But she did her best to solve her need for healing desperately. How about this story from Luke chapter 19? The Jacques was a tax collector, and the tax collectors were often despised by the Jews because they took more than their fair tax share. And he would get closer to Jesus, not because of his physical height, but because of people's hatred toward him as a tax collector. 
However, he knew that Jesus is only one who can solve his problem, the empty heart. He would be rich, but he may be empty. So he climbed up the tree to see Jesus desperately. Loving urban village, family and friends, do you have this desperate faith? You don't need to wedge away to get here. You don't need to climb the tree to get here. But let me ask you, do you have that desperate faith in you? Do you seek Jesus desperately? Do you do your best to reach out to Jesus without giving up? Jesus isn't hiding from us so we can find Jesus if we desperately seek and call for Jesus' answer. That's great faith. Amen? Even though I preach great faith, I'm fully aware of how hard it is to have this great faith without giving up. As some of you heard or read from my Facebook post, I was not recommended for full membership to the elder of the United Methodist Church. If you are not familiar with this, um, it's a kind of final interview of almost 10 years long ordination process. After 10 years of work and study and everything, at the final interview, I heard not yet. Nothing has changed. And I will apply it again this year or next year. However, it was pretty hard to accept it and process it because it made me feel like Jesus was in silence or rejecting me. So I wanted to complain to Jesus. Jesus, not everyone has a great faith like a Canaanite woman. People will walk away if you do not answer people's cry or solve their needs. It's not easy to keep this desperate faith without the evidence of your presence and love. Please show me. Show me the presence of you, the evidence of your love. Without that, it's pretty hard to keep this great faith in me. Then Jesus invited me to the cross where he was crucified. And he told me that, Chan, I already showed you the evidence of my love toward you here at the cross. I died for you. For the people who walk away, even for the people who hate, you, hate me. So it's your turn to live with this love and share this love. That's my call for you. Chan, I can see the same great faith in you. Loving urban village family and friends, I can see the same great faith in you. I can see the same great faith in you. Amen? Amen. You have that great faith 
because you do not give up, because you are here this morning to see and see and meet Jesus Christ. I can see this great faith in you. Let us continue this journey together without giving up and putting our best effort desperately to deliver the good news of Jesus' radical and unconditional love for all. Amen.